Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is the King Disco Politics Podcast. We welcome you back. Um, whether it's your first time or whether you've been a longtime listener, we really appreciate uh, you joining us and spending your time listening to the rambling thoughts of your host, King Disco. It is Friday. It is uh, going into a nice weekend here. Um, really, the uh, just past the two-month mark of the Joe Biden presidency. And our favorite inside the Beltway topic, of course, press availability, access. Now, sometimes access is a good issue. And I would actually agree that journalists having access to uh, the immigrant facilities at the border um, have driven this issue from, now, I would never say it was a back burner issue, but from maybe the third or fourth topic all the way to the first. And the fact that Joe Biden has not had a press conference is not insignificant. It's not a huge deal, but it's not insignificant. But regardless, we're two months in. Joe Biden doesn't have a press conference. It reaches what he must believe to be a critical mass of um, noise in the background. So he has a press conference. Now, for those of you that have not seen this press conference, I urge you to pause this podcast and go watch some of it. Um, because I'm going to talk about some really specific things that happened in the during this press conference, but also just talk in general. Um, you don't have to watch the podcast to know how it goes. All you have to do is scroll right-wing, conservative Instagram or... Uh, websites or anything like this. Um, I'm going to point out one Instagram, Courtney Holland, who just three videos ago still has a video up of her gleefully attending the January 6th terrorist attack on the United States Capitol. Um, feels no need to bring that down, but that's just, you know, that's a whole other topic for perhaps a different podcast. But just think about that, right? That's the modern state of the Republican Party. Somebody who feels comfortable uh, showing a video of January 6th in a positive light, no negativity at all, and not afraid to take it down. Pretty impressive. But anyway, Courtney Holland shares out a video of Joe Biden saying, back when I joined the Senate 120 years ago, 30,000 likes. Back when I joined the Senate 120 years ago, if you don't know that Joe Biden is kidding or joking, what do you actually believe? Like what? Well, let's just let's just play this out, fam. What do you actually believe that Joe Biden thinks he joined the Senate in 1901? Forget how senile or delusional or quote-unquote, losing it, you think Joe Biden is, in what world does he think he joined the Senate 120 years ago? And in a 60-minute press conference, all you can do is share a three-second clip? I know I'm winning. I know we're winning. Because, let's face it, the right wing was rooting for the President of the United States to fail. Now, you could say whatever you want about how the left treated Donald Trump, how they didn't like the man, and I did not. 
Um, he was an insider of terrorism, um, a poison on our culture, um, a terrible president. Uh, we'll rank towards the bottom. But rooting for him to fail, screw up, implode is a whole other level of anti-Americanism. And it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Just last week, we see uh, typical liberal um, Instagram, um, you know, and other you know right-wing sort of um, channels openly rooting for Putin when Putin challenges Joe Biden to essentially a schoolyard brawl, rooting for the Russian premier against the United States president. That's a whole other level of anti-Americanism. That's a whole other level of hating the left and Joe Biden so much that you want him to fail. Forget the fact that people gleefully showed videos of him falling upstairs. So you want the president to fall upstairs. You want the president to spend 60 minutes delusional, losing it, failing. You want the Russian government to defeat the American government in a schoolyard brawl. And with very poorly disguised glee, we now have a crisis at the border. There's only one problem. Joe Biden has this press conference that everyone claims we need that has to happen. Again, the inside the beltway equivalent of how many hours somebody spent golfing, which is also a non-story. Joe Biden has this press conference and for 60 minutes systematically recites facts. Yes, he's reading off some notes at times, but the times he's not reading off notes, man, does he flourish. For example, he point by point lays out how his administration changed one policy in a very significant way. All of these unaccompanied minors coming to the border with phone numbers on them the Trump administration did not call the numbers. They treated everybody as being trafficked, trafficked by coyotes, by devious people, by people who have intentions of causing harm and mayhem in the United States. Joe Biden, who gets criticized for being humane or nice or whatever crap you want to throw at him, they did something really simple. They started calling the numbers. Again, I, I encourage you to watch this video of uh, Joe Biden. I know it's an hour long. I know in this day and age, that's a lot of time. They start calling the phone numbers. And if a relative picks up, a grandma or grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousin, someone like that picks up, they immediately begin the process of attaching that unaccompanied minor to somebody in the United States, which in the vast majority of cases, there is. If the phone number goes to a trafficker, a coyote, well, then they deal with the situation like that. And now they're building a case against people engaging in human trafficking. Think about how that one simple act, that one sense of being an adult in the room and not acting emotionally and not just saying, we're going to build a wall and not just using a term like illegal or illegals, which is a noun. It's not describing a policy. You are describing, you're turning somebody's humanity into something called illegal. 
It's like if somebody commits a crime, they are a criminal. Doesn't matter if it's a misdemeanor or felony. Law and order Republicans will just label that person criminal. They can't vote. They can't be members of society anymore. They are a criminal. Somebody crosses the border. They're eight years old. Their mother puts a phone number of their grandmother. And the other thing, because we hear this a lot, right? What exactly is Joe Biden doing that is any different than what Donald Trump is doing? Well, that's one example, the phone number. Here's another example. Donald Trump, over his last 18 months in office, cut $74 million from the foreign aid budget to Central American countries in which a high number of these illegal immigrant situations are flourishing. $74 million. Now, you might believe philosophically that foreign aid does nothing, that we, quote, unquote, don't get anything for it, that these countries need to pony up and they need to reward us for the investments we're making. Well, when a nation disintegrates, when a state is unable to control their borders, well, then they become increasingly unable to curb the issue. And that is what is happening in a country like Mexico. And when you stop sending foreign aid to these nations, you stop being part of a solution that at a minimum might freeze the increase or plateau some of the onslaught of these situations. It's just very simple, $74 million. I said, that's all it takes. But when you see the world as a zero-sum, transactional, you do this for me, only if you do that for me, situation like Donald Trump saw the world and how the whole Republican Party now sees the world, this is what happens. When you become an isolationist, there's a reason why American history, when you study isolationism, are not great times of great prosperity for the United States and the world stage. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why in the 1920s, yes, the U.S. economy was thriving, but also authoritarianism was thriving. In the 1920s, the world you you see is not one where America has the prestige of the world. In fact, this is where Europe disintegrated. This is where Europe fell in love with dictators and brutes. This is where democracies in general reached their lowest ebb of the whole 20th century. The isolationism of the 19th century, the United States was not on the world stage. In fact, in 1812, the United States was so isolationist that the British Navy was able to take merchant ships without firing a shot, take American citizens, and impress them into the British Navy. And all we could do was send letters. We fought a whole war over it. The entire War of 1812 was simply because we decided that we, A, are only going to produce in America and be isolationist, and that we have no role to play on the world stage. And where did it get us? 
common businessmen on the Atlantic Ocean with no protection, now part of the British Navy. It's that type of thinking that is now a majority opinion of the Republican Party. We're not going to spend a cent until people, quote unquote, pony up or give more. Okay. But you got to think about what the consequences of those actions are. To make matters even more interesting, you also have a 60-minute press conference in which no questions about COVID, no questions about the pandemic, that for 12 months of our lives was the only issue, was the only topic, lockdowns, quarantine, and whatever else, the only subject that dominated lives was COVID, at least for people who took it seriously and for people who didn't just call it the flu and said that 30,000 people would die. No, 530,000 people died. It's interesting that things are going so well these past two months from getting these vaccines out that it's gone past not even being a significant issue to just being great. I mean, we just got the lowest amount of unemployment inquiries month to month since March of 2020. Completely back from that metric. We blew past the 100 million vaccinations goal, now veering towards 200 million. And to those of you that said, hey, Donald Trump would have hit it as well, that's kind of true. But that doesn't change the fact that the only full month that Donald Trump had the vaccine, he missed his goal, not by a little, by a lot. How quickly people forget, December 2020, we have a vaccine. Pfizer, the very same vaccine that whose two shots have been going swimmingly, so swimmingly that they're now testing on infants. December 2020, the Trump administration told the American people that 40 million frontline and essential workers would receive at least one dose of the vaccination in December of 2020. In fact, at certain times, he said that upwards of 80 million and 100 million people by the end of 2020 or by the end of January 2021 would receive vaccinations. How many? Google it. 32 million. 32 million is a lot of people to get vaccinated in one month. Kudos. But that doesn't change the fact that he set a goal once of 40 million and he missed it by 8 million. And that's not a small amount. That's 8 million hospital workers, 8 million doctors, 8 million people who are doing the essential work to curb a global pandemic. Our friend Kaylee, um, former press secretary, tweets out that Joe Biden can take all the credit he wants for 200 million vaccinations, which is now the new goal, a feat that could not have been accomplished had it not been for Operation Warp Speed. Let's unpack that a little. Operation Warp Speed is just like Trump Tower and any sort of Trump property. It's just a 
brand. It's just a name you slapped on something that other people did. The difference between Trump and Biden, though, is that Trump needs you to give him the credit. Or it was for not. Because he doesn't do anything. That's his default. Because he doesn't do anything. He licenses his name to other people's ventures, other people's successes. So all that remains is for you to give Donald Trump credit for what his name did. So I get why Trump and his loyal soldiers need Operation Warp Speed to be the reason why this happened. But explain to me why Pfizer is doing the best, why Pfizer is being so successful, that they're now testing their vaccine on infants as young as six weeks, by the way. This first trial from Pfizer is six-week-olds through two-year-olds. But they didn't receive any warp speed money. So how did the vaccine that deliberately turned down the funding from warp speed, deliberately turned down the trials from warp speed, become the leader in this fight against COVID. I'll give Donald Trump credit, but you can't sit here and say it would have been the same if Joe Biden was president because the number one leader, the number one vaccine to market was the one you didn't pick. As a reflection on your judgment, Mr. Trump, and the judgment of the people around you, as the judgment of people like President Biden, who have now not only hit their 100 million mark, they're not going to go 200 million. We are rapidly approaching a rate where this issue of COVID is going to be so completely pushed to the back burner that almost 95% of Biden's presidency won't have to do with COVID. And the failure, Donald Trump was handed a gift, truly a gift. If Donald Trump in March of 2020 said, we need to lock down, we need to stop this virus, we need to make sure that every single focus, every single piece of attention is towards this pandemic he would have won re-election because almost certainly the Democrats would have to do nothing. The only play they would have politically would be to be against the lockdowns, which we know from 2020 was the losing hand. When the pandemic hit, there was a winning hand and a losing hand. The winning hand was the safety of Americans. The losing hand was claiming overreach, truly. It was very obvious, very obvious from day one. And so every single conversation about Trump being good at politics or being a good politician or being this wily, shrewd politician, which should have died completely on the vine after 2020, but I understand that some people still think he's a good politician. He still holds that myth. Should Everybody should go look to how incredibly stupidly he handled COVID just from a political standpoint. The Tulsa rally, notwithstanding, just the idea that he wouldn't throw on a mask, the idea that he wouldn't do these very simple things, 
showed that Joe Biden isn't by extension a political genius. It's just Joe Biden is smart enough to know. He throws on a mask. He speaks in humble phrases. He talks about the kitchen table. He talks about people's health and well-being, about sincerity. And then he wins. COVID was the easiest political issue in a generation. And Donald Trump was so bad at politics that he blew it. So much so that for two months, the inside the Beltway DC media bubble again decides that the American people care about something like access, which they don't. Can you imagine the kitchen table of somebody who got you know, upwards of $5,000 of COVID relief with the latest round of stimulus saying, yeah, we got 5000 bucks in our pocket after a really tough year, but why won't Joe Biden have a press conference? I'm going to vote for the other guy. It's not happening. It's not happening. It happens something. Maybe some isolated cases of people who hate the left and Democrats so much that they'll do it. But it's not going to be a majority opinion. But yes, Joe Biden says, okay, I'll throw you a bone here. I'll do a press conference. He performs masterly. Masterfully. And you don't need to watch it to know. Just scroll right wing Twitter right now. Nobody's disputing the policy. Nobody's disputing any of his answers. They're clinging to one whimsical comment about joining the Senate 120 years ago. And they're probably have some super cut of him fumbling through the notes before he lays out in excruciating detail his handling of policy, his handling of the issues, the thought process he's having, the decision making before saying the vice president of the United States, two cabinet members, several senators to the border to demonstrate to the American people how seriously he's taking this immigration crisis. It's winter. The border gets flooded. In the past 10 years, the only winter that the border was not flooded was during COVID. In a couple months, this issue is going to go away. And I'll throw a bone right here to the right-wingers. If you're listening to the pod, here you go. Get ready for it. Salivate. Ready? In May and June, immigration will slow. And it won't be because Joe Biden did a great job. It's because... In May and June, it is so impossibly hot that even the most efficient human trafficking system, even the most efficient coyotes in the illegal immigration game would be stupid, would be out of their mind to attempt mass immigration during May and June. So the border issue is very close to being finished. Calvin Coolidge once said, that his approach to the presidency is that for every 10 issues that get presented to his desk, he assumes nine of them will go off the road and into a ditch. So he'll allow one out of every 10 to come crashing into his face, own the news cycle, fix the problem, and move on. Joe Biden's looking a lot like that right now, and it's working. Thank you for listening. This has been King Disco of the King Disco Politics Podcast. My only ask, it's not financial. 
show this podcast to two of your friends if you have enjoyed it. Um, Help us grow our listener base and let's have a great conversation. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everybody.